This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Yo, Jason. Hey, yeah, and this week, as promised about, you know, 15 minutes ago, it's like I'm talking about Vertigo's um, new Vertigo crime imprint. And yeah, last time I said it was uh, not long for this world. And you know, that's, well, yeah, it really is a judgment about the quality of the uh, books so far. But really, it's, things like when you're trying to create a new imprint, like you really have to like nail a, a certain standard of excellence consistently. It's like over, throughout all your all your releases in order for um, that kind of thing to take. I mean, it's it's probably telling that when when DC's Vertigo imprint was formed over 15 years ago, that it wasn't like just something that was created created out of thin air. Mm-hmm. It was really just a collection of um, of um, titles with a mature sensibility, like the Sandman, Doom Patrol, Animal Man. That um just that that they just like put so I put them all together, add new series that like also explored this the certain mindset, and then just like you know put them in their own little section section of the DC universe and all, well separated from the DC universe I mean, but and then it's like they just and they just built and they just built on that from there it's like it just kept on changing and developing to the point where yeah it's like well they still do mature takes on like familiar DC concepts, they they're also like, just like trying to stake out more like really high end. Kind of stuff to be the HBO of the comics world, mm-hmm. and generally I think they've they've succeeded in that. But really, the truth is like that's really the only successful imprint that DC has launched over the years. Um, really, it's like I'm um, like oh, there are other imprints such as um, Helix, their sci-fi imprint, Minx, their imprint for girls, like folded within two years, two years of their launch. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Helix is worthwhile if only because we got Warren Ellis's um, brilliant Transmetropolitan out of it and um, their CMX imprint well yeah it's their, their manga imprint it's, yeah it's still going now but really it's like the only successful title they've had from it um, is um, is uh, Mega Tokyo which they um, which they got after Dark Horse started publishing it and and but like since like really it's like and like with the Vertical Crime it's like it's, it's their latest stab at that and to be honest, like you know, it's like well, I like some of the books they've they've released for it so far of the three. Um, it's I honestly don't see it surviving past the initial wave, but you know, like let me tell you about tell you about that one when I start in the when I start talking about the books themselves. Now, the first one I picked up um, was um, Dark Entries by Ian, um, written by Ian Rankin and illustrated by Werther Deladera. Now, this was a no brainer buy for me because it's because won't. We'll, Aside from being like one of the lead-off titles in the uh, in in the imprints um, line, it's basically it's a John Constantine story. So basically, you're talking like you have the main character from Hellblazer, I do it in another graphic novel, and I, I just look and think, hey, I'll push by anything that um, that John Constantine stars in because like you know there are a few things so I was reliably entertaining as a good Hellblazer story. Mm. But the thing is about Dark Entries though is that um Const- it's that it's not exactly a crime. It's not really a crime story. You see, like, Constantine is um, is basically um, persuaded by the um, producers of this um, reality show called Dark Entries. Basically, about but this, ser- this series where they grab a bunch of random individuals, put them in a in, in a house, and start scaring them through. Um, like, to think that like, the house is haunted by 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 mechanical means and stuff. And the, but then they fi- they admit to Constantine that you know like this we've we've lost control of this we think the house that they're these people are in is actually haunted so we want you to go in and figure out what's going on and Constantine does because like you know because like he needs it's like he needs the money and all <laughs> and, and it's like when we get to and we get to the story we get the setup we get to know the characters like Constantine's connection and Constantine's role in this how he's got 
and it's and it's good. It's I mean, it's like a traditional story, and like, and like it's it's not inconceivable for John to go into like standard like a crime story territory. Like I mean, like um, Brian Azzarello's run on on the main Hellblazer title was pretty crime fiction oriented, though they always had some supernatural element to each of the stories. Just because like you know like you can't have a, a like a truly normal Hellblazer story after all, and that's essentially what happens in in Dark Entries because after a certain point. Um, then the um, real nature of the house is revealed, and and then it becomes a proper Hellblazer story instead of a straight up crime story. Mm. I'm not complaining because I because like Rankin does have a great handle on Constantine. He writes writes him as a great sarcastic bastard that he is, and like he's and even when the search is into um decidedly supernatural territory, it's still pretty it's still pretty interesting to see how things play out because he's writing writing a story that's clearly in the um, old school um, Jamie Delano who wrote the um, who um, who started who's the original writer on Hellblazer his story like dealing with dealing with like satirical elements about how we about how how, how we all relate to, uh, to like reality TV and just and, and and the like it's it's good stuff and it's like this would be a great and you could have just like marketed this as like straight up Hellblazer graphic novel and it would have been great we're looking at this as like a as like entry for the Vertigo crime series, and you're thinking, well, you know, it's like this is supposed to be like crime novels that are like or down like down to earth like like stories about real humans that like are trying to appeal to the bookstore market. Then really, this this kind of like really misses it misses that that mark by a country mile. <laughs> so like, if you're buying this and you're thinking you're getting like like a good soup like a good straight straight up straight up crime fiction story, you're not getting that. But if you are buying this because you're especially a good John Constantine story, then yeah, it's like, I highly recommend this. And to be honest, like, if anything, it proves that I, I would like it if if Rankin decides to actually, like, if, if well, if Vertigo decides to offer um, Rankin, like, say, like, the, uh, a spot on, like, the uh, regular Hellblazer title at some point, then I would, I would definitely love to see what he does with it because he does a great, great job here. But, you know, it's like, it's still, it's not, it's not exactly what, what it is ad- as advertised, eh, but though I do like um, where the Deladera's like a minimalist take on the, on the art. Overall, like it's recommended, but eh, it's like it's just gotta know what you're getting into, what you, what you're paying for first. Now the other title that was released as part of their initial lineup is definitely is really a straight up crime fiction story. In fact, it's a very familiar um straight up crime fiction story. It's uh, called Filthy Rich by Brian Azzarello and uh, with art by Victor Santos. Now, Azzarello, he's no stranger to crime fiction at all, having written on Wonder Bullets for DC and also their, their best-selling Joker graphic novel, which I did, which I covered in our crossover cast with no podcast for old men. Now, Filthy Rich, it's a story of a former high school quarterback named um, Richard Junk Junkin, who's now working as a, as a car salesman for the, the biggest, for one of the biggest distributors on the eastern seaboard. And all he's... Yeah, he, he can sell cars, but really, it's like the guy kind of like, he, he's kind of crap at the job. And so rather than fire him, his boss decides to give him the last chance to be, and have him be the uh, quote-unquote guardian angel for his for his daughter, like a, a ne'er-do-well girl who's always getting her getting herself in the in trouble on the society pages. This is a period piece back from, taking place around the 1960s or so. So just imagine her as the, uh, the kind of quote-unquote the Paris Hilton of her day. Now, it's... It's not bad because like Azarello, he's he's a very talented writer, and 
This proves that even when he's on riding on autopilot, he's still better than a lot of other other riders out there. I mean, I'm looking at. I mean, it's like it's look at this in his story of like a of a guy trying to aspire to more than his his position in life. You know, it's it's not bad. It's really it's written written functionally for what it is. It's like it's got that great film noir feel um, and look to it, thanks to Victor Santos's art. And it's like it's it's really not bad at all. But I mean, it's like we're not really breaking any new ground here. I mean, if anything, the really the only interesting twist comes at the end when. I don't really want to go into spoilers here, but let's just say that it proves that um, Junk is much stupider than he looks. If that if such a thing was possible after you for after you first read meet after you first meet the character, but it's like overall it's like it's uh, it's all right. I mean, like the art, like Richard Sanders art, I and mean, he's the guy owes a clear debt to um Ezreal's um collaborator on Wonder Bullets, um Eduardo Risso. I mean, it's like there's there's a couple panels in here that I look that I look and think, wow, he just took that right from right from Risso's style, and but he also has like a like like a, a debt owes a debt to um Mike Mike Oming's um Ars of um Ars of Powers um um cartoonist style, but it's it's good, it's really good art overall. And it's like and it's really it really gives you that great film noir feel, but you know it's like I've read I've read better from from Azarello and it's like if you've never read anything by him it's like I'd give it it's like I'd you'll probably be more entertained you'll probably be more entertained than I was I mean like it's not definitely not League of 100 Bullets but it's not bad for what it is I mean it's like for like a cheap for like just like a like a shut your brain off like um crime fiction noir noir tale it's not it's not bad but you know it's like if we're trying to launch a like an imprint on on something like this, you know, it's like it, it it probably should have been better. So, but you know, it's like it's still. That being said, it's still a masterpiece compared to what I'm about to talk about next, <laughs> and that's um, the Chill by Jason, by writer Jason Starr and artist Mick Bert, Berto Lorenzi. And you know, it's like I looked at this and I was like, I heard that um, that Star is supposed to be like an up and coming crime. Crime crime writers written some good books apparently called uh, let's see um the follower and panic attack, and also you got a nice quote from Ed Brubaker on the back saying the chill is the darkest sexiest most twisted noir comic I think I've ever read. Hmm. Now I love Ed Brubaker enough to like do a whole podcast on his on his stuff, but like, I gotta say Ed, you know, like, we gotta agree to disagree on this because <laughs> this oh god I can't believe that. That this that vertical let let's, let this go out as is. I mean, it's a story of a of these of these of the of these murders that are taking place in New York City. Like these guys are being found frozen, frozen and dismembered, and it, because like this girl, this girl and her dad, like they they come over here from Ireland. Um, they're apparently they're apparently like immortal because she's apparently got the power to harness harness the sexual energy of her of her partners when, while she's having sex with them, and apparently like she can use that to um to like, grant grant immortality to herself and who and whoever she pleases, and then like they go they go to New York and apparently like her, her and her dad who's forcing her to commit all this commit all these all these murders and all these sex related murders, um they they're just going around killing killing more people and you got the cop who's was trying to track him down, and this other more grizzled cop who looks like he walked out, who really looks like Wolverine uh, after he's after after he's been beaten up particu- particularly badly, and they're trying to they're trying to track, 
And like he, like the cop, the regular cop is trying to track him down. All, all the Wolverine guys just um, tr- that's like he's he was one of their um, one of the girls' victims who actually lived through the, actually managed to survive on um, the experience. And he's just he's just be, his job is just to be to be crazy and it's like and try to, and try to track track them down as well. I mean, it's uh, and it's like it's it's just, it's it's just really over the top sex and violence. Type stuff. I mean, it's like you got it starts. You got you got the girl like having like seducing these people in bars, and then her her dad coming around and killing them right at the moment of climax, and then and just but you look, but there's really there doesn't seem really any point point to a lot to a lot of this stuff. I mean, it's just it's just like it's like 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 ridiculous sex and violent ridiculous sex and sex and violence, and it just doesn't really seem to go go anywhere. I mean, it's just like just like gruesome over the top stuff and then the characters you, you really don't care about these people I mean they're just stock generic characters I mean the cop he's a family guy it's like the girl say like she's just scared her dad's crazy the Wolverine guy is just is just loony and in way that's supposed to be kind of appealing but it just uh, I look it's just like just really terrible from from start to start to finish I mean it's like I look and it's like I know that, that this is I know this is Star's first graphic novel, but I look at this and I think it's like, dude, it's like if you you've written these other other novels, like I mean, based on this, I don't even want I can't imagine how and how you won any awards for those. <laughs> it's like the dialogue is just stage standard tough guy stuff, and it's and it's just generally not not very good at all. But also, what's terrible is the art by um. By Mick Bertolorenzi. Now, I'll say that there are a few panels that do give me, that do remind me of, of Eduardo Risso. And but overall, I mean, it's just like it's really, it's really cramped, really cramped, overwrought stuff. And it's not helped at all by the fact that this, even though these, like, all these books are meant to be black, in black and white, and the um, and for Filthy Rich and um, Dark Entries, it looks like the artist like, um, drew that knowing that it was going to be black and white. With this, though, um, it looks like this is originally meant to be in color, but then they just drained all the color out. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was actually, which is originally intended to be a graphic novel from Virgo, but then they decided to go ahead and just like, you know, instead of just like putting it out as a full color graphic novel, they just had to just go and put it out as a... Uh, as a black and white entry in the Vertigo Crime series instead, and oh. it but, shows, huh? Yes, it does, and but but just overall, I mean, like like this, this it's just like really really shoddy storytelling in the end, which throws in some ludicrous plot twists about the um Wolverine Wolverine cop um going young again and teaming up with a girl to uh to like, seduce girls so they can kill them and harvest their sexual energy. It's just, ah, uh, God, why did I, why did I pay money for this? Oh, wait, now I know because I wanted to do a podcast on on Vertigo's crime series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and looking at this, it's like, oh God, well, it's like with a miss like this, it's like really, I'm really not expecting the series, the the imprint to last last whole last longer beyond the other two books they've gotten the series in in the imprint, which. I gotta admit, I am kind of interested in checking out because the next one, The Bronx Kill, is written by Peter Milligan. And while Milligan's got definitely a weird sense, sense of story, sense of storytelling and sense of humor, he can do a good 
do, do good crime story. And he's been doing some great stuff on Hellblazer recently. So I'm looking forward to to the Bronx Kill coming out in March. Then you've got Area 10 by um, in, in coming out in April by by Christos Gage, who's best known for his um superhero st- stuff um on Stormwatch PhD and Avengers: The Initiative. Um, I'm kind of interested in seeing what he does when he's um given like like a non superhero title to, to look at. It looks like he's uh the focus of this book is going to be um trepidation, the art art of like um cracking a hole in your skull to let the um bad thoughts out. So. Like that, that these now for all I know these could be just like you know just like shining revolutionary examples of the um crime crime graphic novel genre that are gonna like prove that like this is like this this and sell thousands tens of thousands of copies are gonna prove that this this imprint is worth keeping on but come on I I don't even believe this stuff as I'm saying it as I'm saying it right now so like really it's like um, they'll probably be good I hope but overall it's like I. I would honestly be surprised if we if we get a second wave. You know, even if we do get a second wave, well, DC's Minx imprint got a second wave, and even then, that that kind of killed it. That that didn't survive. It didn't survive that right there. So, you know, it's like so. Let me just say that like like Vertigo Crime. You know, it was nice knowing you. Yeah, it was good to see like Vertigo branch out. It's like more mainstream stuff for a little while, but you know, it's like just just keep doing what you're what you're doing what you're doing right now. It's like you're I got I read enough of your. Stuff, stuff is. I'm really looking forward to your to the movie version of the Losers coming out, coming out in April. But overall, it's like yeah, it's like next time you try to do an imprint, you just gotta just I, like gotta go for the grand slam right out of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on that note, go ahead and call it a night, and I'll, I'll probably, hopefully I'll be back to talk about more positive stuff next time. All right, we'll see you later. <laughs>